Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to continue our series on what a Christian should be from Matthew chapter 5. And uh, this passage is also known as the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5, um, you know, the first, the first uh, four of these Beatitudes deal with what we call the inner attitude, uh, who we are within. Uh, and, you know, that's what God notices. Uh, I don't know your heart here this morning. All right. Even my heart can deceive me. The Bible tells us our heart can be deceiving. But see, God knows us. He knows our heart. And our inner attitude eventually is going to come out in our, or be expressed in the way we live and our conduct. And so what we find, the first four Beatitudes deal with the inner attitude, uh, the relationship with God. And then we hit this one here and it begins to deal with what we call our conduct with others. You know, the thought on this is if we're not right with God, we're probably not going to be right with others. If we don't have a good relationship with God, then we're not going to probably treat other people correctly. And so this morning, Matthew chapter 5, it says here, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Uh, I'll remind you that word blessed means happy. That means joyful. It means full of bliss. So you could say happy are the merciful. Uh, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, in this passage, really, we find the key to happiness. And we're given a list here. Uh, if you want to be happy in this world, you can be happy today. And here is one of the ways you can find happiness. And that is through mercy. Through mercy. So let's get into this lesson here. This is the first one, mercy. This message this morning. I, I'm going to attempt, uh, and hopefully I'll be able to, answer three questions. The first one is, what is mercy? Uh, the second one is, how is mercy expressed? How do we see it? Uh, or how can we express it? And then finally, why are the merciful happy? Why does that produce happiness in the heart of those who are merciful? So let's start with the first one here. Uh, what is mercy? Uh, kind of the basic definition of it is mercy is when you do not receive something that is deserved or you don't give something that is deserved. Uh, someone put it this way. It's when you have pity on someone maybe. You have uh, pity on others because of maybe their condition, their situation. Uh, as far as God's mercy towards us, it's due to our sin. That's why he sent his son. Uh, that's why he, we see his mercy expressed through Jesus Christ. He was merciful and Christ is merciful, dying on the cross for our sin uh, so we can be saved. Uh, but you have pity on someone. Maybe their sin, maybe their struggles, uh, maybe their condition. Their condition is hopeless or one would say it's helpless and you have mercy on them. Maybe you feel for them, you hurt for them because of their situation. Now, mercy can be expressed in many different ways. And we'll talk more about this in our second point, but I'll give you a few thoughts. First, it can be expressed in helping someone with aid. You can aid the afflicted. You can help someone that is struggling. Uh, you can give help to the hurting. And that's kind of the, the general thought of mercy. 
that mercy is someone who helps someone else. Now, as far as God's concerned, mercy is when you don't get something you deserve. Uh, grace is the opposite. Grace is when you get something you don't deserve, right? We thank the Lord for His grace. By His grace, we're saved. By God's grace, uh, we're blessed every single day. But mercy is kind of the other side of the coin. It's when there's something deserved and we don't receive it. That's God's mercy towards us. He's merciful uh, towards us. So let's move on here. As far as mercy, uh, this teaching of mercy... I think for the Jews and even for the, the Gentiles of the day was probably something that was just foreign to them. And I'll explain that. And, and for us today, at times, it can be foreign to us as well. Uh, as far as the Jews, uh, they strictly, they strictly upheld the law, which is nothing wrong with the law. Problem is they began to look to the law for their, what we call their salvation. They began to look to their works, but they strictly upheld the law along with a multitude of traditions. And ceremonies and rituals that they began to add to it. And to the point where there was no mercy. I mean, you couldn't find mercy in the Jewish religion. There was just do this or, or you're out. Or do this or you're done. Or do this or you're in trouble. By the way, there's a lot of religions still that way today. All right, There's no mercy involved. You don't find mercy. Uh, also, as far as the Romans... Uh, mercy was something that they looked down upon. Uh, I read one uh, writer during that time said this, uh, mercy was a disease of the soul, is what they thought mercy was, a disease of the soul. Uh, you see, the Romans, they glorified power, is what they glorified. They glorified might. They glorified strength. They were the conquerors. Uh, and they glorified hard work, and they glorified those things. And, and there's nothing wrong with working hard and having courage, but that's what they exalted and glorified. And so to them, mercy was just, you have mercy, you're weak. There's a problem there. You know, a few examples we find as far as the Roman Empire uh, to show us how merciless they were. You know, slaves, they had slavery, which is a terrible, a terrible sin, but they had slaves. But you, as far as their slaves, uh, they could pretty much slay them or kill them anytime they wanted. It was justified. If they, if they felt they were no longer beneficial, they'd just not just say, hey, you're, you're on, they, they would just remove them from this earth. Looking upon them as objects. Isn't that, isn't that merciless? No, no mercy, uh, to, shown to someone else. Uh, another one is, uh, the fathers during, uh, this time in the Roman Empire. Fathers had the right to refuse a child when the child was born. If it was a boy or a girl born and the father didn't want that child, you know what they could do? They could say nope. And the child was taken out and drowned. They had that right. Uh, you know, today that right is pretty much given to the mothers, is it not, in our country today? Isn't that sad? But that's what we find. They, they, they had no mercy. Well, we don't have much mercy. Even in our country today, we, we can look around and say, wow, there's not a lot of mercy today in our country either. And so there was very little mercy. And so for them, uh, I think mercy was something they thought, well, this is foreign to us. What is he teaching here? You see, Jesus Christ not only taught mercy, but he himself was merciful. And let me give you something to consider as we explain this. First off, he took pity and was kind upon those that came to him. And that was evident, folks. That was evident. I'll give you two examples. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to begin reading in verse 11. Luke chapter 7. And verse 11, it says, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said unto her, Weep not. 
And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Isn't that an act of mercy there? I mean, yes, there's grace involved, but there's mercy. He saw this woman who was hurting, had compassion for her. She was a widow. She had no other family. And he mercifully went and brought back her son. What a blessing that is. As far as Christ, he helped those. He, he, in this case, we find him healing someone out of mercy. But we find throughout his ministry, he helped others as well. Uh, let's go over to John chapter 8. I'll give you another one other example of Christ's mercy. Uh, by the way, I think the whole Gospels are filled with his mercy. We find it all the way through. But let me show you one other one that I think is uh, interesting. Because uh, I would, before I read this, I think it's safe to say uh, we live in a very judgmental culture, don't you think? I mean, people make decisions based on you, probably based upon just meeting you the first time or anything you say or anything you do. And some of those decisions can be very judgmental. And notice what we find here in the book of John, chapter 8. It says here, verse 3, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? Let me point something out. Isn't that terrible to do this woman, when you think about it? Oh yeah, she made a mistake. But notice what they made it public, and they bring her out in front of Christ, which, by the way, he had multitudes following him. I'm sure there was a lot of people. There's a big scene. And what an embarrassment that must have been for this woman. And they bring her out, and notice what we find here. They say, what should we do under her? Uh, they weren't interested in helping her. They just were tempting Christ, as it says here, verse 6. They said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. I've often wondered what he wrote. The Bible doesn't tell us. Whatever it was, it was extremely convicting. Because notice what we find here. So when they continued, verse 7, asking him, he lifted himself up and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. And he said unto her, Woman, there are those, or where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Isn't that mercy? They had set her up and they were using her to, to try to destroy him. Uh, he was thinking of her. That's how merciful Christ was. And he mercifully, well, forgave her and encouraged her to go and sin no more, to go forward. You see, what we find is Christ is merciful. I believe Jesus Christ is the most merciful person to ever walk this earth. By far. By far. Let's move on to the next one here. This is what we're going to see. How is mercy expressed? So we know what mercy is now. And we've seen an example of Christ and how he is merciful. But how is it expressed maybe in our life today? Or how can we express mercy? Uh, someone said that mercy is kindness in action. Kindness in action. Uh, genuine compassion is what has been referred to. Uh, not just intention, basically. Not just saying, well, I want to help, but actually helping. Uh, it's going and doing something. It, it's it's uh, compassion being shown, as Christ did in that situation there. So here's some ways I think mercy is evident. We'll go back to Luke. Uh, we read this in our scripture reading this morning, and I'm going to point out some thoughts here. Luke chapter 6. 
Luke chapter 6. And we have two groups here, really, uh, in this passage that we're to show mercy to. And one is, I, I put it the hateful, our enemies, all right? Those that hate us, those that might be against us. Uh, this is hard to do, right? This is difficult to love those that hate us, to love those that might oppose us, not, not just disagree with us, but might be out after us to destroy us or to hurt us or to harm us in some way. That's what an enemy is, someone that is against you and someone that's going against you. And we find in Luke chapter 6, in this passage here, that Jesus said unto them, Verse 27, I say unto you which hear, love your enemies and do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. Do you pray for your enemies this week? And that, and that, that's, that's convicting, is it not? To pray for our enemies? And not just our personal enemies. How about the enemies of our nation? Pray for them. Pray that, that God's blessings will come upon them, that God will work in their hearts. And that's hard to do, loved ones. That's hard sometimes. And what we find here is that's what mercy is. And mercy can be expressed first in our care or kindness or our prayers to those that oppose us. Uh, Jesus Christ is also an example of this. All right. He, uh, uh, on the cross, on the cross, you know, um, let's turn over. Let's go to Matthew 27 so we can, so I don't take this out of context. We make sure we get it right here. Matthew 27. And uh, I'll point out beginning in verse 39. Just read this and you can see his mercy here. While he was hanging on the cross, being crucified, being killed, being slain. Notice how the people treated him. It says here in Matthew 27, beginning in verse 39. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. Get a picture here. They're just... Have you ever seen someone do that? I've been guilty of doing that. You know, wagging my head at someone saying, what's wrong with you? That's almost the thought here. They're walking by Christ. He's up on the cross. They're just wagging their heads and shaking their heads. Maybe they're shaking their heads in disbelief, saying, we thought you were better than this. We thought you had more power. They're mocking him almost here. It says, they're wagging their heads. Verse 40, and saying that, Thou that destroyest the temple, buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. The mocking, humiliating him while he is suffering on the cross. You know, uh, all I have to say about this is, I don't know, uh, I'm sure at this point they have realized how grateful they should have been that he didn't come down off that cross. I am grateful he didn't come off the cross because I'm saved today. Hope and pray you're saved today. You see, it's his mercy. Let me explain this. It's his mercy that kept him there. Yeah, he could have come down. He could have come down and wiped them all out. He's the son of God. But he chose not to. Showed mercy unto these people. He didn't give them what they deserved. They deserved for him to come off the cross, right? And deal with them. The son of God, the king of kings, making fun of him this way. That's what they deserved. But you know what he gave them? He gave them what they needed. He stayed on the cross. And he died so they could be saved. I don't know if any of these ever received Christ as their Savior. We do know several priests did later. Maybe some of these people did. We don't know. But I can tell you this. He died there so that you can be saved. 
And I hope and pray you're saved here this morning. That's why Christ died on the cross. So that way you could be saved. So you could have your sins forgiven. Uh, that is the issue that we have is sin. Each of us has sin. Uh, Romans talks about that. All the sin that comes short of the glory of God. I hope and pray that you have recognized your sin. You've understood you're a sinner. Because once you understand you've sinned and you recognize that, uh, then you realize you, your need for a Savior. Uh, you know, I think once we recognize our sin, we also realize our shortcomings and our inability to save ourselves, uh, our failures, our faults before God. And then, Bible teaches repent and believe. In other words, that repent means turn from whatever you're trusting in, whatever you're holding, turn from that and receive Christ as your Savior. Believe on Him and be saved. You know, this morning, I hope you're saved. That's what salvation is, something you can settle today, right now. Because that's the biggest, most important issue for you this morning, is making sure you're right with God. And that's due to His mercy. He's merciful. He's given you an opportunity over and over and over. Not giving you what you deserved. Now, I don't want to pick on him here. I'll use myself, all right? I didn't deserve to be saved. I didn't deserve God's mercy. I didn't deserve any of that. What I deserved as a sinner is punishment. But God has mercy upon my soul. And God has mercy upon you. And I hope pray you receive Christ as your Savior here this morning. Anyway, let's get back here. We're, we're talking about Christ here. He's on the cross. And he showed mercy by staying up there. But, you know, you think about him as far as Jesus. He, he, he was kind to his enemies. And that's hard to do, but we've got to be kinder anyways. And then verses, let's go back to Luke 6. Let me just show you one other example. Luke chapter 6. It says here in verse 30 and 31. This is the other expression of mercy we find in this passage. Notice it says in verse 30, Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would, what man should do to you, do also to them likewise. In other words, help out, help out other people. Help other people out, you know. Be kind to others. If someone is struggling and you can help them out, then help them out. Uh, you know, it's easy to say, well, they deserve it. Well, maybe they do. But maybe you can help them out. Maybe you can encourage them. You know, I think of Peter. When he betrayed Christ, he was a broken man. The Bible says he wept bitterly. But Christ restored him, did he not? He didn't give him what he deserved. He didn't get rid of him and say, I can't use you no more. He forgave him. And he blessed Peter again. Now let's just think about that. It, it, has Christ not been merciful to you? Have you not been selfish at times? I know I have. Have you not neglected him in your life at times? Have you not done your own will instead of seeking his? Yet Christ is still there. He's still there to hear your prayers. He's still there to forgive you. You see, that's the mercy we find in Christ. He doesn't give us what we deserve because of His mercy, His love towards us. And that's what mercy is. It's a, we find this expression here of, of being a blessing to other people. Now, mercy can be shown by you this morning. And that's what I want to talk about next because it says, this passage here says that we should be merciful. And this mercy that Christ has can be shown by you as well. I believe first and foremost because you've tasted God's mercy. You know that you're forgiven. And so you can now be merciful to others. You know, something interesting about mercy is you can't hide it. It's not something you hide. You know, there are a lot of things you can have and you can hide and nobody knows you have it. It's just yours. You have it hidden. You can't do that with mercy. 
Because if you have it, it's going to be seen, right? If, if, if you're not showing mercy, that's because you don't have it. But if you have mercy, it's, it's going to be seen. It's going to be evident, uh, maybe in the way you speak and the things that you do, how you deal with people. There's going to be some mercy there if you have it. And it can be expressed in different ways. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us. Uh, let's go to Ephesians 4 and uh, verse 32. I'll, I'll read verse 32 of Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. And I think in this verse here we have what I'd call uh, some expressions of mercy and how we can express these as well in our life here. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says, Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye kind one to another. He didn't say pick and choose who you're kind to. He said be ye kind one to another. Be kind to other people. You know, this world's tough, is it not? A lot of problems in this world, a lot of difficulties. As Christians, we should be kind one to another. Whether it's fellow Christians, even the lost, we should be kind to them. You see, that's an expression of mercy. We're being kind one to another. Tender-hearted. That's compassionate. Be compassionate towards people. Have some compassion for people around you that God's put around you. And show that compassion if you get an opportunity. And then it says here... Forgiving one another. This is also an expression of mercy. Being willing to forgive somebody. Uh, as far as Jesus Christ, that's the expression we often think of when it comes to mercy is his forgiveness of sin, that we're forgiven. And that's an expression that we can also show. You know, in other words, if someone offends you or someone does something and you say, well, you know, they don't deserve my forgiveness. I can tell you right now, I wouldn't argue with you because maybe they don't. But you can show mercy and you can forgive them. And notice he's, what, what the Bible says, as Christ hath forgiven you. In other words, it, it, they may not deserve it, but Christ has forgiven you. And we'd have a hard time telling Christ we deserve his forgiveness. And so the thought there is mercy is expressed through forgiveness. And the mercy of Christ, obviously, is what we think of first. So if you can help someone, help them. If you can assist someone, assist them with physical Needs, maybe God's put someone in your life you can help. Or maybe spiritual, a spiritual direction. Obviously, telling people about Christ. We want people to be saved. That's a great expression of mercy, letting them know there's a Savior. Or if those are struggling with something and you are able to help them out, then I encourage you to do so. So mercy, before we move on to the last one here, mercy should not be determined first by others' conduct. And that happens sometimes. You know, well, I'll treat them this way if they do this. No, truthfully, mercy is contrary to their conduct. That's why it's mercy. Okay? They're not getting what they deserve. You see, it's undeserved is what it is. So we don't base it upon someone else's conduct. Also, it shouldn't be determined by what I'd call worldly matters. We shouldn't determine our mercy based upon someone's position in life, their power, their possessions, whatever else they have. We should be kind to everyone. We should be willing to forgive others. We should, we should be compassionate to everyone uh, in this world. And really, it should be determined by our love for God. That's why we're merciful, because God has loved us. You know, in Luke chapter 6, verse 36, which we've read at the very end of that, he says, be merciful as, you're, as God is merciful. In other words, God's merciful. We should follow his example and be merciful unto other people. So here's my last thought here this morning, the last question I want to answer. So the first one, what is mercy? Uh, we've answered that. Mercy is, you know, uh, not giving someone something that they deserve. Uh, how is mercy expressed? It can be expressed through our words, through our conduct, uh, through our love for others, through forgiveness, 
through kindness, uh, through compassion. Uh, and finally, why are the merciful happy? Because that's what we, we find in this passage here. Matthew 5, verse 7, blessed or happy are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. They shall get mercy. And that's the reason why someone who is merciful is happy, because they're going to receive mercy. Now, that's kind of interesting, is it not, when you think about, about this, this, this beatitude here. The first thought I have is I want to say this. I don't think this is talking about mercy from others. What I mean by that, I don't believe it's referring to the fact that if you are merciful, then others are going to be merciful unto you. Now, that might happen. All right, that might happen, but uh, often it's the other way around, is it not? You can be merciful to someone and they might not even recognize it or might not even acknowledge it and they move on. Or even the opposite can happen. You can show mercy and someone's going to run you over anyway. They're going to continue to, to go and you think, wow. You see, so I don't think it's referring necessarily to that if you show mercy that it's going to come back in this world, which it might, you know, at times that can happen. You know, I've had that happen where you've been a blessing to someone and they turn around and you weren't looking for it, but they were encouraged by it. Maybe we're a blessing right back. And so that does happen. But I do believe that it's referring to the fact that God is going to be merciful unto you. Uh, you know, this entire book here, Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, we're talking about God's view upon us and how God deals with us. Uh, the first Beatitude, verse 3, says, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's from God. Uh, verse 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. The comfort of God. Verse 5, uh, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Obviously, God gives us that inheritance. Verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see, the world doesn't fill us with that. It's God. So that carries on into this next one here. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So if we keep it in context, this mercy is from God, is who it's from. We shall continue to receive His mercy upon our life. He'll be merciful to us as we show mercy unto other people. So there's a few things here. First, this tells us that God is aware of your conduct and my conduct. He pays attention. He pays attention to how we treat people. He pays attention to if we mistreat people. God knows. So he's aware of those things. And then secondly, this tells us he approves of merciful conduct. When we are merciful or we show mercy unto others, he approves of that. He approves of that conduct. And let me just point something out real quick. This is not referring to leniency, folks, all right? This is not referring to leniency. God is merciful. He's not lenient towards sin. He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. He's a God of justice. His mercy is seen in Christ. His forgiveness is seen in the cross. See, that's where he provides a way. And by the way, if you're saved here this morning, never forget your sins have been paid for. Okay? It's easy to sometimes think that, oh, God has just ignored my sins. No, He hasn't ignored your sins. Christ has paid the price. That's why we thank God every day for salvation, because He took that burden upon Him and paid the price for sin. So it's not a leniency towards sin. It's a mercy, an opportunity that God is expressing to show how much He cares and has compassion upon sinners. And that's how we can live today. We can show that mercy to others, and God approves of that type of conduct. And then, according to this verse here, He awards your mercy. He awards mercy. You obtain more mercy, is what we find here. You know, Proverbs 18, verse 25 in the Old Testament says this, uh, With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. And then interesting, he says here, With the merciful thou wilt show thyself 
merciful. And then in the New Testament, in James chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. In other words, he's going to deal with those who are not merciful. God's going to show his judgment upon them without mercy. So God gives mercy to the merciful is what he does. And that's the happiness there. That's the key to happiness. You see, as a Christian, if we are merciful to others, you know what we can count on? God being merciful to us. And I can tell you this, you need his mercy is what you need. Because none of us is perfect. We have our good days and our bad days. We have our moments. We make our mistakes. We have our faults. If God gave us what we deserved, we'd all, every one of us, we wouldn't be here. God would have already dealt with us. But it's His mercy. And we need that every single day. And God will continue to show mercy upon us. And we find His mercy upon us as we are merciful to other people. So we find a cycle here. right? There's a cycle. You gain mercy from God. I guess I can refer back to salvation even. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you, you, you receive His mercy. You're forgiven. So you gain that mercy. And then, after you gain mercy, you have the opportunity to give mercy. In other words, to be merciful unto other people. Forgiving, kind, encouraging, helpful. And if you do that, the Bible says, you're going to get more mercy. Isn't that a wonderful cycle? I mean, you're going to just keep going. The more mercy you share, the more mercy you can, you can show. You know, I was reading... And preparing this message, you know, someone put here, someone said, if we replace mercy with money, everyone in America would probably sign up, right? You know, we give money, I'm going to get more and keep, keep just filling it up. How about we take that attitude with mercy? The more mercy we show, God is going to continue to bless us with his mercy and his kindness towards us. And that's what we find there. So the goal really, the goal of this beatitude is not to obtain the mercy, but to be merciful like God. And the result is you're going to know the mercy of God in your life on a daily basis. As you go forward, that happiness uh, from God will be in your heart. So in closing, the, the two final thoughts in closing. The first one is for those here. I hope everyone here is saved. But if for some reason you're not sure of your salvation, or, or maybe you know you're not saved, I want you to consider this. If you seek God's mercy, you're going to find it. Okay? You seek God's mercy, you'll find it. God is a merciful God. He will forgive you of your sin. He will receive you into his family. And he will bless you forever, give you eternal life. And I hope and pray you're saved here this morning, that you received Christ as your Savior, uh, because you can be if not. And then here's my final thought for a Christian. You're here this morning as far as should a Christian should be merciful. Here's the final thought kind of wrapped up in that last point. You know, how you treat others is how God will treat you. That's kind of a sobering thought. But it's there. How you treat others is how God will treat you. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.